Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The New Testament is very strong in the matter of not receiving one who denies the person of Christ. Even though the second epistle of John is an epistle about loving one another, here the Apostle John prohibits us from sharing in heresy. Second John verse 7 says, For many deceivers went out into the world, those who do not confess Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. We should not have any contact with heretics or false prophets. This is Matt Miller with John Pester for a necessary message from the beloved apostle. Welcome to Life Study again, John. Thank you, Matt. John, this is the last of two programs that we'll do on 2 John, and then we'll finish up with two programs on 3 John. Our program today is entitled, Not Participating in Heresy and is dealing with the deceivers and the antichrists. History tells us who these deceivers and antichrists are. I'd like you to do a little review before we get into the Life Study program. Well, Matt, within the historical context of the epistles of John, John was dealing with a very specific heresy, and this heresy continues down throughout our church history and plagues believers even today. And the specific heresy that he was dealing with was a heresy that denied that Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. There were certain people that said that Jesus was a phantasm, that he was really just a manifestation of God, but God himself had not been manifested in the flesh. And this is what John was dealing with. And it's crucial for us to realize that this truth must stand because God has been manifested in the flesh. God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. And to deny this reality is to deny the triune God himself. And so John is very specific. Even though he preaches and talks about brotherly love in the first epistle, he's very strong to point out to the believers that you need to reject those who cling to this heresy that Jesus was not God manifested in the flesh. Because to deny that is to deny our whole relationship with the triune God. Thanks, John. And let's go now to Witness Lee for Life Study number 2 from Second John, originally spoken on July 8, 1983. Verse 8, look to yourselves that you do not lose the things which we wrote. What are the things which we wrote? The things which the apostles wrote are the things of the truth concerning Christ, which the apostles ministered and imparted to the believers. The apostle warned the believers to watch for themselves, lest they be 
influenced by the heresies and loathe the things of the truth. We come back to verse 8, but that you may receive a full reward. According to the context, especially verse 9, the full reward is just the Father and the Son as the full enjoyment to us. If we lose the precious things routed into us by the apostles, that means we do not abide in the truth. Then we miss the enjoyment of the Father and of the Son. If we stay in the truth, we will receive a full reward, and this full reward is just the full enjoyment of the Father and the Son. If we would not be led astray by the heresies, but abide faithfully in the truth concerning the wonderful and all-inclusive Christ, who is both God and man, both our Creator and Redeemer, we will enjoy in Him the triune God to the fullest extent as our full reward even today on earth. Hallelujah. We do have such a reward in view. This reward is just ahead of us, waiting for us to enjoy. Yet, we have to remain to abide in the divine truth concerning Jesus Christ, the Son of God. John, I've read the second epistle of the Apostle John many times, but I never took note of how important this one phrase is in verse 8. I'm going to read the verse again, and we'll talk about these two phrases. I'll let you talk about it. It says, Look to yourselves that you do not lose the things which we wrought, but that you may receive a full reward. It's really important, isn't it, to see the context of the things wrought, which we shouldn't lose, and also the context of our full reward. I think it's very helpful to this verse speaks both about the experience of a believer in his past and the experience of a believer in his present, not the experience of a believer in the future. It talks about the things which were wrought and the full reward. The things which were wrought were the things that were imparted into the believers, namely the triune God himself was imparted into the believers, wrought into the believers through the speaking of the apostles. They ministered life and truth to the believers, and that life and truth was imparted, received, and enjoyed, and it became their reward. That's a reward. To receive God is a reward. And then John goes on and talks about the reason why you need to reject those who speak heresy, those that would deny that God has been manifested in the flesh and that God is available to be received and enjoyed and partaken of precisely because he has been manifested in the flesh, precisely because in the flesh he accomplished redemption for us, and precisely because in the flesh he went into death and became in resurrection the life-giving spirit available to be imparted into the believers. Precisely because of these reasons, the believers received the triune God as their reward. 
But that reward that they receive needs to grow and develop and mature as the seed of the divine life, which we've seen in the first epistle of John. But if you accept this thought that God has not been manifested in the flesh, that Jesus was a God or a holy person, but not God himself. In other words, you deny the fact, the reality, the truth that God was manifested in the flesh. Then you set yourself up as a believer to lose out on the enjoyment that has been given to you. Now, many people look at that verse, the full reward, and they think that it relates to something in the future. But it's very clear from the context in verse 9 that what John is talking about is that they will lose their participation in the Father and the Son because it says everyone who goes beyond, that is, is a heretic in their teaching, in their profession, in their faith, uh, and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, uh, does not have God. And he who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. So the reward of a person who's in the truth is the Father and the Son. Now, we have to realize that our participation and enjoyment of the Father and the Son is not relegated to some day in the future. No, a Christian has the opportunity now to experience, enjoy, partake, express all that God is in the Son, having received the Spirit and, been in, and having been regenerated in their spirit. So it's very crucial to realize that what was wrought into a believer when they first called on the Lord, when they first prayed, was some experience and enjoyment of Christ. And that experience and enjoyment of Christ can become fuller and fuller and ultimately be the full reward in this day and age. So it's very critical that we take care of the things which have been wrought into us through the teaching of the apostles. John, I can't help but give you a story of right before we came into the radio studio to do this program today, I was I was all alone and I took a call from a listener mm-hmm. from Fresno, California. And she asked me, she said, I want to know about this Witness Lee. I never seem to have enough time to listen to all the programs, but I'm calling because I'm, it seems like he always is getting into the depths of the Bible that you don't always hear in the other radio programs. Well, it's very interesting to me because he's getting into the depths of things I don't hear other people doing. And she kept repeating that comment. He keeps going beyond the surface. I think this is really an example of that. Mm-hmm. The things wrought. Right. And the full reward. In other words, who gets into Second John, verse 8, to this level to really see what were the things wrought? What is the full reward? People take it for granted. It's just something off in the future. They take it for granted, but it's something that is organic and active in every believer. And the example that you just gave is a, is a wonderful example because this caller says, I've never heard these deep things before, but intuitively, instinctively, within her spirit, she understands that this is a reality, and so she appreciates it. And so even though she doesn't realize that something has been wrought into her being in a full way, it has nevertheless been wrought. When that believer received the Lord, they received the Lord. They received the triune God, and something was wrought in their being, and that reality responds to the ministry of the Word. So we're going to send her some more material so she can enjoy more of what's been wrought into her. And we'll give the number at the end of the program if you're one of those people who also would like more material to follow up on the things that have been wrought into you. You know, it's not insignificant in this point that John says that you abide in the teaching. The teaching is very, very critical 
to remaining in the things that have been wrought into your brain, to remain in the proper teaching. John, you stole my thunder there. That was uh, That's a good segue into the next section with Witness Lee because that's what he's going to talk about. Let's go on to Witness Lee for the next portion. Verse 10, if anyone comes to you does not bring these teaching, I like the word bring, not only teaching as a theory, but bring it as a reality. Wherever we go, we bring this reality. What reality? The reality of what the all-inclusive Christ is. If anyone comes to you and does not bring these teaching, do not receive him. Do not receive him into your house and do not say to him, Rejoice! This hymn is a heretic, an antichrist, a false prophet who denies the divine conception and deity of Christ as today's modernists do. Such a one we must reject, not receiving him into our house, nor greeting him. Thus, we will not have any contact with him, nor any share in his heresy. Do not take him in. If you take him in, you will get leprosy. Verse 11, For he who says to him, Rejoice, instead of weep, shares in his evil works, spreading the satanic heresy, which defiles the glorious deity of Christ, is an evil work. It is a blasphemy and abomination, to God, it is also a damage and curse to men. No believer in Christ and child of God should have any share in this evil. Even to greet such an evil one is prohibited. A severe and clear separation from this evil should be maintained. The New Testament is very strong in this matter. Don't forget, John's epistle is a epistle loving one another. Yet, in such a writing, John prohibits from loving this kind of person. We shouldn't contact them. We shouldn't receive them. We shouldn't greet them. Forget about them. Stay away from them because they're very, very contagious. John, this is an extremely strong word, and of course it's a strong verse. In the midst of an epistle that's full of loving the brothers, why did the Apostle John insert this warning about contagious people? who bring heretical teachings. Well, I really appreciate Witness Lee's use in illustration, specifically his use of the term leprosy and contagious, because he's referring back to the Old Testament in which there were very strong prohibitions for God's people to stay away from people that were leprous because it was such a contagious disease that if you just came into brief contact with him, you could be infected and put outside of the camp. And so John takes Into a leper colony. Into a leper colony. And so Witness Lee uses this illustration to talk about the 
extreme damage that can occur by just even a casual contact with someone who is leprous in their teaching. Just a casual word gets spoken, and it begins to operate in your being. In the epistles to Timothy, Paul talks about unhealthy teaching, teaching, avoiding words that spread like gangrene in our being. And so it's very possible when someone comes to your door and espouses these teachings, the reason why you need to be so strong to reject them and not receive them is because they are contagious and they can affect and damage your relationship with the Lord by imparting into your being just poisonous words that will eat away at the faith that we have. And so the Apostle John is very strong. Don't receive him. Even in epistles that are so devoted to loving and receiving one another, his realization is that when it comes to heretics, those that would deny the person and the work of Christ, we have to be very strong and not receive him. The Bible talks about rejoicing evermore. But here it says, don't rejoice with these people. We have to be people that rejoice with not rejoicing with these ones because they are so dangerous and and the words that they speak are so subtle and so crafty that one day you're enjoying the Lord and then a month later you wake up and you realize, where has the Lord been for the last three weeks or four weeks? Ever since I came in contact with that person, I don't have a desire to contact Christ. I don't have a desire to open to the Word. I don't have a desire to be in the ministry. I don't have a desire to fellowship with the brothers. What happened? Well, it was just that leprous little word that was imparted through a heretic, through someone who doesn't believe that God has been manifested in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ that can damage a person's ongoing enjoyment of the triune God as their full reward. And that's not just historically a case that happened 2,000 years ago. There's still people going door to door today bringing these same heresies. And we shouldn't feel bad about just slamming the door in their face. We do love them. Right. But we don't love the heresy. We have to be faithful to guard against receiving a germ that's going to contaminate us. And as Witness Lee said, bring a a leprosy. Right. Right. And eventually, it brings us outside of the camp, which is to be outside of the fellowship of the body of Christ. Well, we hope that doesn't happen to any of our listeners, and we hope that if anyone is experiencing a separation from the fellowship of the body of Christ, that they would realize that and be restored in the fellowship. You know, lots of times people come up to me and try to witness to me, and they're not realizing they're just witnessing, and they and when they begin to speak, I tell them, I believe that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. And depending on how they respond to that is goes a long ways towards whether or not I receive them or whether I reject them, because I realize it's very, very critical as to what we receive into our being concerning false truths. Okay, John, we better go on. we got one more segment with Witness Lee. Let me read 1 John 5.20, because that's what he's going to get in here. It's kind of a review from the first epistle. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we might know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. The very basic factor of the first epistle is the enjoyment of the triune God as the eternal life. At the end of this book, you have the true one, 
You have His Son, Jesus Christ. You have the true God. You have the eternal life. You read this verse. You could see in John's concept, these all are one. In doctrine, in talk, in speaking, these are four. But in our experience, they are just one. When you are in the true one, you are in his son Jesus Christ. Then the true one becomes your true God. And his son Jesus Christ becomes the eternal life. And this eternal life is just the true God. And the true God, so real, so true to you, so he is your eternal life. Hallelujah. This is the true God and eternal life. Well, John, 1 John 5, this is the verse he was referring to at the end of John's epistle, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. It ends with a simple phrase. This is the true God and eternal life. But there's a lot here for our experience of Christ. Let's develop this phrase in the terms, these four terms in the verse as we conclude today. Well, in that verse, John talks about the one who's true, his son, Jesus Christ, the true God, and eternal life. And it seems like these are all doctrinal points, but when you consider them within the framework of God's economy and within the framework of a believer's experience, they're really all one. The one who is true is his son, Jesus Christ. And his son, Jesus Christ, is the true God. And when you receive the true God, you receive him by means of the eternal life. And that's what's very, very important. These words, truth and life, are very significant in all of the epistles of John. And when he speaks about the truth, he speaks about it in the context of the person of Christ. The person of Christ is revealed in the epistles of John as being both God and man, having both divinity and humanity, possessing the divine nature and the human nature, so that he can express God in his human life and accomplish redemption with the divine power in his human flesh, so that fallen human beings can have the divine life imparted into their being, and they can be brought into an organic union with the triune God. This is the true God and the eternal life. We have to see that all of these kind of come together in the person of Christ in in a way of not doctrine, but in the way of experience. We have God has been manifested in the flesh so that he can redeem fallen man and regenerate fallen man and impart into them this divine life. And the divine life is nothing less than the true God himself. And so it's very, very important to remain in the truth, to be with those who speak the truth, to listen to those who minister the truth, and to uh, avoid those that would that would bring you into these false teachings and heresies that would take you away from this experience of the one who's the true God and, and the eternal life. You answered my question before I asked my last one to you, John. I was going to ask you, how can we make this practical and end on a very simple practical note? And you did it. Stay away from the ones who bring the leprosy, who bring the contagious things, and be with the ones who speak the truth and bring us life. They bring us the true God and bring us Jesus Christ. It's almost a very simple litmus test. 
does the speaking and the teaching that I am receiving, does it bring us closer, not to religious things, but does it bring us closer and into a more intimate relationship with the triune God himself? Do I love the Lord more just the Lord himself. Do I love him more after hearing this message, or, or am I distracted with other things? They may be good things, but have they distracted me from the person of the Lord himself? If they've distracted you from the person of the Lord himself, in principle, that's something that we should avoid. John, that's a good way to end the program today. Thanks for coming in and doing this program with me. You're welcome. And I'd like to ask you the same question that John was just talking about. How are you feeling right now as you've heard this program Has this word caused you to love the Lord more? Caused you to want to seek the Lord more? To get into his word more? Well, we hope so. That's our prayer and desire, is that this radio program, this ministry, would constantly turn you to the Lord Jesus Christ to love him more, not just to give you some more teaching. Christian Radio Today is full of more teachings. What we want to give you is a closer relationship with Christ to know the true God and eternal life. If you'd like to get the printed materials that go along with this program, call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of John Pester, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today and join us again as we conclude our study of the Epistles of John. In both the first and last book of the Bible, God presents himself to man as the tree of life. Throughout the Bible, God is portrayed as food for man to eat and life for man to enjoy. In the tree of life, Witness Lee presents a view of God's heart that is little understood and seldom experienced by Christians today, revealing that it is God's desire that we receive Christ experience Christ, and enjoy Christ as our moment-by-moment supply. The Tree of Life from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.